Hey, what time is it? Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. Join us right now for MMA Fancast. You are listening to MMA Fancast. Here are your hosts, Jim Mooney and Luke Payson. Welcome to the show today. I am thrilled to have my friend and the owner of 247 Fighting Championship, Ryan Milton, on the show today. Ryan, welcome to the show. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing great. I'm thrilled to have you on. We are six days away from Brawl in the Berg 3, which is coming uh, March 14th, Princecape Arena um, in Cannonsburg. Super excited. We're just six days away from that. So thanks for taking time out of your busy season here to come on and talk about the upcoming show. No, I appreciate you having me on and, and, and uh, inviting, inviting us on. This is what we do. We're here to promote fights. So, uh, I'm I'm more than willing and able to carve out some time and and talk about these fights and uh, and and yeah so that's exciting to me. Well, speaking of these fights, I've had the the privilege here of having many fighters, right about half of the card, roughly on this show. Um, so if anybody's hearing this and you want to know more about a particular fighter, check out the podcast we've already done. Uh, I've covered several not all but several of the fights so i'm thrilled to have so many fighters on and one thing that came up we'll start off with this uh ryan one thing that came up both from the pros and the amateurs is how grateful everyone is to have you as the owner and the other people around you um putting on quality mma in the pittsburgh area and what's that like just under a year now from when you started april 6th was your first event last year this event's gonna be march 14th so what's it like being a year in and knowing that there's a gratitude from the fighting community that you're putting on quality MMA in the Pittsburgh area? Well, I mean, that's, that's great. I, I, um, I, I appreciate them. I, you know, part of the reason why we wanted to, to start this and to launch the promotion is the opportunities uh, were very limited with the fighters uh, for the fighters. And, um, I felt like there was an opportunity for someone that wanted to do a good job and help get these guys' names out there and help help these gyms to grow. Um, I felt that that opportunity existed, and that's not to say there's not speed bumps and there's not challenges and all of those things along the way. And I I welcome those challenges. It's been uh, it's been a blast. But these guys, these are great guys. This is, I mean, I I say this all the time, but. The guys that I've met in this business are the reason why I wanted to do it. Um, it wasn't because any other reason that I met these guys, met the, met the gym owners, got to know all these guys. And I said, these are good guys, like love to work with them. And, uh, you know, things are, things are working out really well. Well, as a review, start with your journey with Kama Worthy. Um, obviously now he's fighting the UFC has a huge fight coming up in New York in April, but he headlined your first two shows winning your first ever pro belt and then defending it in the July um, event. So I know that you had a relationship with comma prior to starting this event. And he's one of those fighters that you got to know and that you knew was going to be a big deal. And so what was it like knowing comma pre this promotion and being able to see your promotion get him the exposure and the fights and everything that you exactly just said you wanted to do for the fighters in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. I, I mean, I see it, 
a little differently. Um, uh, you know, comma worthy is a huge part of the reason of why um, two four seven fighting championships one exists and two has been immediately successful. There are so many promotions that start out and for years they're trying to find their footing and they struggle and they um, aren't able to be profitable and all of those things. And I know that comma worthy giving us a chance to promote him, uh, you know, him being the, you know, the top guy in Pittsburgh at the time when we started this promotion and him, being willing to be on our card when when very few others would, um, he's the reason. He's the reason we were able to launch and be successful right out of the gates. And a big reason why we're thriving right now is he was in the cage interviewing with you after the fights saying, mm-hmm. anyone in Pittsburgh who wants to work, who wants to fight for a great promotion, come to 247. This is a great opportunity, and I could not be more thankful uh, for him and for, you know, what he's, what we continue. We have a great life. Listen, Kama and I, I, I consider him a brother. Like, he is a great guy. We get along so well, and um, we always have. You know, the funny thing is I say we always have. I'll say that except for the first time we ever met um, – we were doing a, a video shoot. It was about three weeks before a fight. And this was when, with a, you know, when I was helping out another promoter. And, uh, and he just wasn't in a good mood. He had started the weight cut process and, and said, I can't believe we're filming this three weeks before an event. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just new to this and I'm just trying to get a, get promote, get promotion out there. And, uh, so, you know, it started out a little rocky, and, I, you know, I, we joke about it now. Uh, we, we even – last time I saw him last week, I was in the, in the, the academy, and, and we, joke, we joked something about that. But he's just a great guy. And, you know, after the first event, I was literally tear, – tears in my eyes were welling up. We went to Bubba's, which is uh, uh, Bubba's Burgers – uh, gourmet burgers and beer, which is right next door to the to the venue, and uh, and I just gave him the biggest hug, and I said, "Man, this is this is because of you. This is because you were willing to to do this." And he said, "He said, brother, you you were the one willing to give me." And I don't see it that way at all. Um, he gave me. He made two four seven what it is today, and I'm I'm forever grateful to him. Well, staying on the comma, and obviously, I think it's great to see how the fighters are grateful for you, and you are grateful for the fighters. I think any time that relationship breaks down, which we've seen at some of the big organizations where there's public feuds and legal battles and all types of problems, particularly, um, I'm thinking of the UFC, where a lot of times there's not that understanding of the promoter being grateful for the fighters and the fighters being grateful for promotion, which I think is huge. I think that's one of the reasons why you're going to be a success even beyond what you've done in the first year. Um, but staying on Kama, Kama is the gym owner, runner, main trainer person at the Academy of Pittsburgh. And you have not only had him 
on the card, but you've had the Academy on all of your cards. And talk first about what it's like to have such a great relationship with the Academy. And then give a shout out to, I know the Matt Factor and a couple other gyms that you really have great connections with that are consistently putting talent on your card. Because you really become the promoter that wants to build relationships with gyms to, to help them out as well. Not just being the promoter that's just uh, picking and choosing, but you're really trying to help gyms get established. So talk about your gym relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our, we, I, I'm like one of the guys that's always in the academy. I'm stopping in there. It's, it's fairly close to um, my house, and it's, fairly, it's also fairly close to like a lot of you know, it's right off the Campbell's Run Road. Um, so I'm driving past there a lot. And a lot of times if I have a couple extra minutes and I'm driving past there, I'm stopping in to see the guys, see how they're doing, checking in, you know. I have that kind of relationship with most of them. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, they're just – a lot of those guys I see myself as friends with and, and, and the coaches and whatnot. So that's the academy. Obviously, the Matt Factory. Uh, Isaac Greeley is truly uh, one of the most genuine, nice guys you're ever going to meet, and he's a large. He's another large part of us getting launched. And you know, I met with Isaac, and he's someone I really admire and you know look up to as a you know someone that knows his stuff, been around this game for a long time, and. And so I kind of bounce things off of him from time to time. Um, I just visited the Matt factory uh, last week or the week before and bounced a couple ideas off of him. Uh, just, you know, those are the kind of things I, I like to bounce that off of some things off of Isaac because I want to make sure that I'm doing things the right way. So sometimes I'll think like I need to do this and, and then I question myself. I say, am I doing the wrong thing here? So I, there was one of those situations, and, and that's I, – I pulled Isaac aside, and I said, hey, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? And I kind of laid that – laid something into him, and he said, no, no, I, absolutely, you're doing the right thing. So he's someone I really admire, look up to, and uh, really, uh, you know, value his input. And, and, and I'm glad that he's willing to share – give me input and – and do that kind of thing. Um, we have Gorilla House Gym is in Altoona. We 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 do a lot of work with them. Ray Ross, yeah. head coach up there. Um, he's a great guy. He's always you know bent over backwards to do anything that you know we've asked them. And and likewise, we've bent over backwards to try to get their get their fighters on our cards. And you know, there's a little bit of a challenge there because they are a couple hours away and. Mm -hmm. kind of they kind of take a home spot on the card um but not really sell the amount of tickets that most home guys would so that kind of presents a little bit of a challenge that's why when we get a chance to have like ethan goss and he he fights mm -hmm. someone from pittsburgh those are the kind of opportunities that kind of make make up for that um but they're they're such an awesome gym they have such good talent good young talent with sydney ross and cam allgaier and and uh sheldon and obviously mm -hmm. and so we just and and they got another kid that's gonna potentially take about um at some point this summer too so yeah they're uh 
they're a great gym. And then the other uh, gym that we work with quite a bit is Ground Zero in Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great, another great bunch of guys and, and ladies there. Really uh, enjoy having them on the card. And they're, they're at that hour point away that's a, a, you know, can draw a nice little additional crowd to other than just the, you know, the Pittsburgh crowd. So it's nice to be able to get um, some people from Morgantown and, you know, Waynesburg and things like that that might uh, know these guys to, to come up. Um, so those are the four gyms we work with a lot. Uh, another gym that, you know, we started working with for this card is more MMA. Uh, we have a fighter, Darren Williams, who is uh, who's going to be on the card and we're super excited to have him on the card. And this gym has a, they have a quite a few uh, people who compete and looking forward to having any, any, any one of them on future cards. So, but this is Darren Williams and more MMA's first time on, on a card. And uh, yeah, we work with, we work with some other gyms, Lou Armazzani. He's a great guy. Just don't happen to have anyone on this card um, at this time. And, we work with uh, quite a few other gyms and looking forward to more opportunities to work with new other gyms here in Pittsburgh as well. Absolutely. And that's why it's so great to hear from the owner promoter. And also I know Jim Mooney, your matchmaker, it's all about developing those relationships and that's what is going to really make two, four, seven bigger and bigger um, because you already have those gyms, which you're also, very close with, but then there'll be expansions. There'll be gyms that get excited about what you're producing and what you're doing. There's more to bring into the fold, so to speak. Start at the top level before we start looking at individual fights. You mentioned growing a crowd and you've grown a crowd to the point where you've talked about, I think it's public knowledge that you're going to be someplace else in your next promotion, which is in May. Can you talk a little bit about the size problem and the fact that you've almost outgrown the Princecape arena. Um, just when you were talking about bringing in bigger, bigger and bigger crowds, how's that been for you and kind of where are you now as pulling in crowds and why the move uh, to the new venue in May? So, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be in uh, our May 23rd card is going to be in Monroeville. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually really good and healthy for promotion to kind of, give a venue change, you know, you get a new crowd that might be exposed to you. People in Monroeville that might not go down to Cannonsburg, but are kind of interested are going to certainly go to a Monroeville card, but they might not go to a Cannonsburg card. But if you get them to a Monroeville card and they like what they see, hey, maybe they're coming wherever. So ultimately, you know, we've been in the south. We're going to go to the east. At some point, I'd like to go all four. You know, I'd like to go up north, and I'd like to go um, to the to the west. So, uh, I think it's a new opportunity. I don't necessarily think um, that we've outgrown Princecape. Um, we do pack it, that's for sure. Um, but we're also talking about you know, we're, essentially, we had events every four months, and I think we can. You know, we can have events closer together and still pack it, which is a good thing. Um, as we grow, that just means we can have 
more opportunities for fighters and gyms to put people on cards and get experience um, right here in, our, in their backyard. So I don't necessarily think we've outgrown Printscape Arena. I think that um, we just may be able to grow and have shows more often and not worry about f- filling the place. Um, maybe, maybe we don't have to have, you know, a crazy sellout every time and we can do more cards. You know, those are the kind of things I think about. Sure. So, um, if we had six cards or seven cards a year, um, we probably wouldn't be overflowing there. So, mm-hmm. I, but ultimately I think for the growth of the promotion, I think it's good for us to go out to Monroe. I think it's good for us to go up North at some point. I think it's good for us to go out West. Uh, I, I still would consider Printscape our home. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see what what it's like out there in Monroeville, and uh, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna still be at at Princecape Arena from uh, at least a couple times a year. Well, it's great to hear that one of the options you're considering is increasing the number of event offerings because that would be great for the number of fighters you can get on. Sometimes there's fighters that are matched that are training for a fight that then their opponent has something happen that they can't get on that card. And then the next card is three, four months away. Like you're talking about. So if you were, if you were able to increase the number of events, would that be something you'd be doing in the year 2020? Or would that be more of a look at year end? Well, we had three events last year and so far on the schedule for this year, we, we have two events in pen in marker in you know, highlighted, but we also have two in pencil and so that's four um i may add another one to make it five it really depends on some circumstances uh but i i don't see us having more than five in 2020 but 2021 i could see six or seven shows being realistic um you know, does that mean they'd all be at Brinscape Arena or, you know, maybe not? And is there a chance we could also venture outside of the greater Pittsburgh area? Absolutely. Uh, what I didn't want to do, Luke, is I didn't want to jump into another area before I felt like we, we planted our roots in Pittsburgh no matter what. I'll say this on record. No matter what, Pittsburgh will always be what 247 Fighting Championship is all about. Whether we have events elsewhere from time to time, our home and our focus is Pittsburgh MMA. But that being said, I, you know, there's going to be opportunities for us to have shows elsewhere, and we're going to explore that. So I can well, see. Well, as you pointed out, you're, you're already experiencing growth in just this year from the three you did last year to looking at most likely four and then building from there. And there's all different ways to consider growth. It's not just the number of fights. It's not just the number of tickets. It can be the number of fights you have per card, which brings us back to March 14th. You've been steadily growing the number of fights that are matched per card. And some of that isn't matching. Some of that is fights actually staying through and, and not getting canned last minute or something like that. But you're looking at 11 fights 
possibly a 12th, but most likely 11 um, this Saturday now, with four. You're, you're talking about – no, we have, we have 13. Our 14th fight um, that we did have booked had a – someone had to um, – wasn't able to, you know, stay on the card, and so we're sure. currently looking to uh, to rematch that. Well, at thirteen, at thirteen fights, that would be your largest number of fighters matched per the card. So, what does it feel to be able to have matched fourteen fights this late in the game, even with the the most recent dropout? What's it like to have thirteen fights, maybe fourteen happening Saturday? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I never get uh, too excited. You know, experience tells me that there are f things that happen and fights fall through and, you know, um, paperwork issues, you know, the, the, the types of things, you know, blood work, not getting the right blood test, turning them in late, things like that. But um, I never think that, you know, we're going to have the amount we go into the week with because if that happens, that would be a great thing. But, you know, reality is sometimes you lose fights. And the sad reality is a lot of times you lose fights. So we don't want to. Um, I don't see us losing any fights this week. Uh, I think we're in a good place with paperwork. I think we're in a good place with – um, everyone being healthy, but you never know. That being said, we've gone into, I think we went state, by the state we can have 14 scheduled fights. Um, so we're, we were at max until this, this fight fell off and, and we're, we've been trying to get it replaced, uh, get a replacement opponent for Lucas LaRue, um, which we have – some we have something in place, but there's some uh, commission issues that we're trying to work through. So we're we're hoping that comes together and gets finalized tomorrow, um, which is Monday. Uh, and if not, then we we may be down to 13. And but I feel great. Like this this card is awesome. This if you're a fight fan in Pittsburgh, you call yourself a fight fan. And you're not at Princecape Arena on Saturday night. I question whether you're actually a fight fan, because this card is an absolute must-see. Well, let's jump into the card. You have four pro fights, and they're all exciting for different reasons. But let's start at the top of the card. The defending 145-pound champ John De Jesus takes on Jamie Simmons, who is six and two and ranked. 20th in the U.S. Midwest, and DeJesus is from Pittsburgh, and he's ranked 5th in the Northeast, according to Tapology. So these are two studs, both very significant in their pro career, 6-2 and two and 12-8. and eight. Uh, Big time fighters bringing them in. What's it like? What's your excitement level for the John DeJesus versus Jamie uh, Simmons card? Well, John De Jesus. I mean, anyone who has seen him fight, if you've seen him fight live, you know that this guy's not sticking around the regional scene for long. Um, it's only a matter of time before John. You know, people look at guys' records and they might say, "Oh, he's 
He has eight losses. Um, that's what a casual fan might say, but someone who knows this business and, and takes a look at his record and see who his wins are against, who his losses are against, you know, his progression, takes a look at it, how, how he fights and his uh, complete package. This guy is a super stud. And uh, if you haven't seen him, now's the chance because I don't know if he will be a regional fighter for much longer. I mean, I, I told people this about Kama Worthy, and look what happened. I'm, tell, I'm now telling you this about John De Jesus, and it's not going to be long before he is in one of the bigger promotions. And you can certainly see him then, but you're not going to see him in person, and you're not going to see him in Pittsburgh, and it's, you know, so – March 14th is the time to go see him in person because you're going to wish – you're going to miss out. You're going to say, oh, man, you're going to see him in UFC. You're going to see him in Bellator somewhere, and you're going to say, oh, that guy fought in Pittsburgh, and I didn't go see him. He's awesome. you gotta, you got to come check him out. Jamie Simmons, he's also the number one ranked featherweight in Wisconsin. So you have one of the top guys in Pennsylvania versus the top guy in Wisconsin. Jamie Simmons has been a wrestler his entire life. And if, that, if there's ever been something that John DeJesus used to struggle with, it was going up against wrestlers, guys that would, guys that would try to hold him down, keep him down. And, you know, that has had has been his kryptonite. So this is a, a bout that will really show the top guy in Wisconsin who's a tough wrestler who who is whose game is now evolving where he's now using his hands and he's coming off of two uh, back-to-back uh, TKO and KO against John DeJesus, who is just an absolute savage. This is going to be a fight that is truly – going to take either one of these guys to the next level. Um, and, and ultimately, it's going to – whoever takes this belt – our belts at 247 mean something. They're not these belts that you see at, you know, some of these organizations that they have 11 title fights in one night. Like, our belts are real. They mean something. We've, we've, we've had three champions. One champion yep. – Two pro champions and one one amateur champion, and they're all studs. Uh, so our belts really mean something. We we're intentional with them meaning something, and uh, and the winner of this this bout, John will either defend his title for the first time, or Jamie Simmons will be crowned the new champion. Those two guys, they're going to the top. So this will be a fight that you, you definitely want to see. Absolutely. I completely agree with what you're saying about the belt meaning something. When I am on the broadcast or bringing people on the, the, to this show, I'm bringing up the fact that there will come a time, I think it's already here, there are some references to Kama being the 247 champ when he transitioned on four days notice, three days notice to the UFC for being champ Pittsburgh 247 fighting championship. So it's already getting out there that to be a champ, in your promotion means something more than like you pointed out, maybe some other promotions do. So I think there's going to come a point in time where regional fighters want to get 
at that pro level want to get, or even high amateur want to get about from 247. So it says 247 to add record to where they want to go and what they want to do. So I think that's a huge thing to be four events in and already your belts mean something. I think that's a huge deal because I myself not throwing a name out there, but I myself remember going to, it was an amateur heavyweight championship in Delaware. So nowhere near here in Delaware. And the bout, the, the amateur heavyweight championship was between an O and one guy fighting an O and O guy um, for a belt. And I remember telling the promoter, this doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense. Like I, no disrespect, but it doesn't make sense to have people fight for a belt. What does that mean when it's going to be either one of those first win? Um, and so I, so I think that there are times where you want to be restrictive with your belts. You want to bring in top quality guys. Moving down a little bit, um, we have, let's jump to, we've mentioned his name several times, uh, Kama Worthy. Kama's younger brother, Chaka Worthy, is on this card also, obviously representing the Academy. What's it like to have him on this card, the relationship to Kama, your relationship to that gym, and also the fact that he's a knockout machine, that the Academy is really known for their striking, both in De Jesus and in uh, Chaka Worthy. So what's it like to have him on? Well, Chaka's a, a, a great guy. He's a great fighter. I mean, if you know both Kama and Chaka, they're very different. They're very different personalities. They're very different um, people. Chaka's a little more reserved and quiet and very, uh, you know, he, he lets his actions do the talking. And he's a uh, uh, very talented, very talented fighter. Um, he, just like, just like De Jesus, he has a, a, a record. He, he's three and two, right? But yep, he's actually, you know, when you take a look at who he is, the fights he's taken, the, the skill level he has, he hasn't always put himself in, um, in my opinion, he hasn't always put himself in the best positions sometimes. Um, he, he, he's willing to fight anyone, anywhere, and that's, that's a promoter's dream, right? We, we love that. Yeah. And from a record perspective, he's far better than a 3-2 and two record suggests. He has exceptional striking. He's a very methodical, uh, methodical striker, and you know, just watching him pick people apart is is uh, is a is a treat. You know, he he's very much like Kama picked apart Adam Ward in, uh, mm-hmm. in our July card. That's that's very similar to the way Shaka kind of approaches. You know, a methodical picking apart and. You know, he's, he's not going to go guns a-blazing and, and throw, you know, five-strike combinations back-to-back and do that kind of thing. He's not going to put on a he's gonna, he's gonna out, – he's going to outbox you. He's going to outstrike you. And, um, you know, he finds his range, and, and then he, he capitalizes and, and takes advantage of it. Um, and he, has, he also has more experience in the sense that he's 6-1 and one as an amateur, so – even though his pro record of three and two, I've seen him fight. I completely agree with you. He is a much higher, better talent. And I think that's one of the things that both John DeJesus 
and Chaka have done. They've taken fights at the pro level that they that other people might have avoided, and their record is more about. I've talked about from their records more about making sure that they're constantly growing and constantly pushing themselves. And I think that's a great testimony to who they are. You've also matched him up with Mike Johnson, who's an experienced four and four pro. Um, and that's again, a guy that at the pro level, Chaka has five fights. He has eight fights. So this isn't a guy that has um, easy fights either. This is a Chaka fighting a guy that still has more experience at the pro level than he has. So what's it like giving him somebody like Mike Johnson? Yeah, Mike Johnson, man. These two, you know, there, there, there is a little bit of um, a little bit of animosity in this fight. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, they're, they're both these guys are very respectful, and at the same time, there's, there's a little bit of uh, what do you, how do you, how do you say it? Yeah, there's a little bit of. And I would say animosity. I don't think these two hate each other, but at the same time, I don't think that um, they're going to have a beer out. Mike Johnson has, you know, a lot of his fights, whether he wins or loses, very few of his fights go to a decision. So um, whether he loses via a, a, a submission or knocks someone out or, you know, it's exciting fights these both these guys have exciting fights and I think you the fans are going to be treated to a fight of the night type of fight where they're just going whoa can, how could that be topped and uh the cool thing is this is the fight that's going to lead off our pro card and I think with the card we have it could be topped yeah and staying with the academy you have Jake Schillen who's one and oh taking on his debut pro fighter, Sean Tartlin, who's from Florida. We'll talk about him in a second, bringing a guy in from Florida. But Jake is 8-2 and two as an amateur, and one of those wins is over Ethan Goss. We just were talking about Ethan Goss from the Gorilla House and how he's now a seasoned pro. So obviously Jake really beat some good guys as an amateur, 8-2 and two as an amateur, now 1-0 as a pro. Um, everybody from the academy has mentioned uh, Jake and how excited they are to see him fight. They're calling him an absolute stud. What do you know about Jake? How much have you seen him when you visit the academy? And how excited are you to get Jake on this card? Yeah, so Jake made his pro debut last year to, uh, for a different promotion. And uh, I've, I've always had a, a, a good relationship with Jake. And so after his, uh, after his fight, when he made his debut, you know, I went down to, down to Pittsburgh. I Ubered down to Pittsburgh and, and, and shared a beer with him for his, uh, you know, his, his first win. And so Jake and I have, have a good relationship. He's a, Jake's a, a traditional wrestler and uh, very strong wrestling base. But he's also the guy who, you know, the, the wrestler who found a really nice striking game. And obviously he gets it at the, at the academy. Um, so he has heavy hands and loves to throw them. And uh, so he's a super exciting fighter, someone that people love to watch, always has uh, – uh, good fights and Sean Tarleton. He's actually he's from Florida, 
but he re- he's uh, fairly recently moved to Michigan, and so he he trains at the same gym that Michael Johnson trains at at Stars and Strikes MMA in, in Detroit. So they'll be coming in together, um, and and you know as teammates, and they'll actually be fighting you know back to back just as uh, teammates. Their opponents, Shaka and Jake from the academy, will be fighting back to back against those two. Well, it's great to see Sean be able to come in with his teammate. I think that's another exciting part. When you've brought people in and you brought them from all over now, um, I think it's exciting for them that you can have teammates on it. Obviously, Sean right now is ranked as the third best. Uh, lightweight amateur um, in Florida, and obviously we making his pro debut even before he moved to Michigan. He had um, a, a good record down there. Um, jumping to the last pro uh, event on this, the last pro fight on this event, Fatty Schumann and Jeremy Mitchell. I've had both these guys on the show. Both their interviews were great. They were very complimentary of each other. They're both, one of them is 3-1, and one, Fatty's 3-1 and one on a 3 his last three fights have been wins. Jeremy is undefeated at 2-0. and And so in their last five fights, they're combined 5-0. and They know that about each other. They both said that, kind of what you said about John DeJesus, that now is the time to catch them um, on their way up. They actually mentioned that they might be seeing each other down the road because they know that they're both that talented, this young in the sport. And when you stay in a weight class for a long enough period of time, you sometimes see the same faces. What's it like knowing that you brought on two guys early in their pro career, 2-0 and and 3-1, but that have the talent level where they are probably already almost at the next level, even though they're, they're new into their or young into their career? Yeah, the, I, I agree with what you just said, that there's a chance these two guys see each other in the future because Jeremy Mitchell and Fadi Schumann are both complete studs and they're both willing to you know they don't for both of these guys to take this fight it, it's it's a dangerous fight and the fact that they both jumped on it this was a, the first this was the first fight we signed on this card um we signed this fight i think in early january maybe even december um so when, you know, when my matchmaker Jim came to me and said, I think this fight's going to happen, I was honest. I'm not just going to be honest. I was surprised. I said, wow, like they both, they both want a tough fight. And so, um, yeah, this is a, this is a fight. See, the reason why it's, it's surprising is because these guys live close enough to, to each other that they're in that same network of, you know, of people. Right. And so I know they've heard of each other prior to now. I know that they both realize, Hey, he has a really good chance of, you know, progressing and moving on to the UFC. Both of them I'm sure feel that about each other. So, you know, that's typically when, Oh, well, if if we're both going to be in the UFC at some point, like that's when we'll fight. That's the mentality that almost, you know, most fighters have, especially when it's someone that's, you know, in that same general sphere or network. 
But these two guys, they want to battle, and it's going to be – they're both. Both these guys, if you look at their Facebook page, you look at their Instagram page, they are both – Funny keeps telling me, Ryan, I know I've said this before, but I feel better. I feel, like, really strong right now. I feel re- – and Jeremy is the same way. I think this mm-hmm. is going to be – like, this pro fight card is – no holds barred. The best – it's not even close. This is the best top-to-bottom fight card – pro fight card we've ever had. It's not even close. It's so ridiculous. I have fighters texting me that I haven't talked to in a long time saying, you know I'm going to be at this card. Like, how could you not? This card is sick. And so, um, so it's pretty exciting. When you look at these fights – and you know a little something about it. These are going to be incredible. Can you tell them? Yeah, and that's just the pro card. And I agree with you. As far as the depth of the talent on the pro card, it is, it's got the high-end guys, like we've talked about, them, the defending champ, even the, even the less experienced guys, we just talked about them, have a ton of experience and are likely going to go far. Everybody on the pro card are guys that want to make this their career. That aren't just doing it for a, like a fun thing to get a couple fights to, I mean, they're really committed to developing and learning. Now, as we move to the amateur, you got a ton of amateurs on here. A couple stand out. One is the Cam Algeyer and Dylan Harness. We've had both of them on this program. They're both two and O in MMA and have had other, have had other, um, fights and other things and other competitions outside of MMA. Neither of them are necessarily from the Pittsburgh area. So how did you get them on the card? And to have two undefeated amateurs that are both ranked well is exciting for the fans. And I know Cam has fought two of his fights, both of his amateur fights for you. So how did you get this fight on the card? So actually, Cam is from Pittsburgh. He, uh, he just currently lives in Altoona, but Cam grew up here in Pittsburgh, so he has friends and family um, here, and so, you know, that's the beautiful thing about having someone at Gorilla House Gym um, that's mm-hmm. from Pittsburgh is he's actually drawing uh, the Pittsburgh crowd, which is great, and, and he's able to continuously, um, you know, continue to build up his following of people that are uh, coming to see him, so... It's fantastic. This bout is your classic striker versus grappler bout. Um, and, 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 and these guys, uh, they would hate to be put in that box, but Cam Algar is dominant as a grappler, and Dylan Harnish yeah. is a beast as a kickboxer. So I know, that I know that they're both well-rounded. I know that Cam has a good – solid stand-up game. I get that. I also know that Dylan has worked a ton on his ground. Mm-hmm. But it's this is still your classic grappler versus striker match. I think where each one has their biggest advantage, you know, I, I think if the fight stays standing, I think Dylan is going to win it. If, and if the fight goes to the ground and that's what whoever, – whoever dictates where the fight – yeah. takes place I think will win the will win the fight. Now, here's the wild card and here's kind of what, you know, as someone that um ha- has seen Cam grow and 
Cam has pretty much been able to take people down uh, whenever he wants. And so I'm actually curious, and I've, I've told, you know, I, I'm curious to see what happens when, when Cam, when someone shakes off Cam's shot or, you know, Cam's forced to stand. I, I, I want to see what he can do because we have – no one's been able to do that, so it, it hasn't happened. So, I, I mean – at some point, it's going to happen. It could very well be this fight. I, 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 I want to see what how Cam reacts, how he how he can stay composed, how he you know, it, how he reacts to that. So, and Dylan, Dylan, man, he's a he's feisty. These two guys are uh, are studs. These these young amateurs, both two and zero, both super young, twenty years old. So exciting of a fight here. And something I learned about having them because I had them on the show is they've been training some level of martial arts since really their early teens, um, even below teens. And also it's very interesting. I agree with you. Um, when I'm talking during the fight, I'm going to be looking at it from a grappler versus striker. It really is that classic matchup. However, Cam talked about on the show that he doesn't like people just thinking he's a grappler because the little we've seen from his striking, it is smooth. He's very fast. He's a fast twitch guy. He moves around very well. He feels like his striking, he does a lot with Ethan Goss, obviously. So it was much, you know, higher up in the pro level than he is. And Ethan's sung his praise about his abilities. So, but Dylan also went out of his way to talk about how, He's had a ton of experience in BJJ. I forget what level he is, but he was talking about his BJJ experience level and grappling and getting better at grappling. So it's interesting is at the amateur level, more and more and more in MMA, fighters are realizing I've got to get better at my weak point. And this used to not happen. You used to be able to watch fighters in the UFC who had no no plan for their weak spot, right? If you go back in UFC, it was I'm going to win by my strength or I'm going to lose. And because of how great MMA is getting, it's trickling all the way down to the amateur level where these amateur guys are not saying, hey, I'm just going to knock him out if it goes to the ground. Oh, well. Um, he's Dylan's saying, I'm dangerous on the ground. And Cam's saying, I want to look for an opportunity to strike. So I'm going to be exciting. I'm going to be excited to see if it kind of plays out in a different way. If Dylan tries to work on the ground in order to get ground experience and if Cam looks to strike in order to get better striking experience. And I think that also shows where amateur MMA fighters that want this to be more than just amateur, they're not looking for just let me get another quick win and roll on. They're looking for I've got to develop my my tools right now. So that's going to be a huge amateur fight. I'm super pumped that it's going to be on the card. Another huge amateur fight you're going to like what I did there is your first ever heavyweight fight. Ha, ah, see, get it? It's hilarious. Um, first ever heavyweight, whether pro or amateur, is going to be the amateur matchup, Justin Pippins versus Michael Dybos. Um, And that's super exciting. We had Justin on this show, and he's excited to be making his debut amateur fight. Talk about what you think of the history of having your first heavyweight um, fighters matchup. Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to have our first heavyweight bout ever lead off the card. 
So we're going to have to let these big boys set the stage and set the tone for the rest of the night. And so uh, we're, I'm excited about it. Justin is just itching. He is so excited. I remember uh, meeting him for the first time at, uh, I think it was our July card. Uh, he was there. I think he had, if I remember correctly, he had just started training at the Mat Factory. He played like semi-pro or professional football here in Pittsburgh. And, um, and Edwin Vera is his good buddy. And Edwin kept, you know, trying to get him into the, uh, into the um, gym. And finally he came. And I think it was sometime in early July or like summertime, maybe June. But by the time our July 27th card, he was already itching to fight. And uh, now he's ready, and so he makes his debut this Saturday night, March 14th. He's got a bunch of people coming to see him, so he's going to have a heck of a crowd there. And, uh, you know, he, he, he says he, he wants to stand and bang. Michael Gribos, he also says he wants to stand and bang. So I think we're going to see two heavyweights trading heavy leather and uh, trying to knock each other's head off, and just what the doctor ordered. Yeah, that's going to be a very exciting. Anytime you can get heavyweights on the card that are willing um, to exchange is going to be very exciting. One thing we found about it, Justin, is he says from being on the show that he had gone to the Mad Factory a little bit, was kind of on the fence, wasn't really sure, was, was enjoying training, went to see Edwin and watching a fight live. And this is what's so important about anybody listening to this. Come see a fight live. See one this Saturday because even to fighters, watching a fight live is different than watching it on TV. And so he had seen some UFC and some stuff and was kind of like, yeah, it might be fun. Still was looking at the semi-pro uh, football. I played for a couple of different teams. They played five or six different positions, both on offense and defense, and really prided himself and being willing to just learn anything, do anything. But it was watching Edwin, according to him, fight that he's like, oh, yeah, I need to get in there. Um, and so that's an exciting part. If fighters can get excited about watching live fights, fans need to get to a live fight. The other thing that's cool about Justin is he's training at the Mad Factory, and, of course, they are all about being really great as far as foundational wrestling. The Mad Factory all about Great technique wrestling. And when I was talking to him, he was talking about how football, because he played offense and defense in all these different positions, he doesn't like to be a one-trick pony. He likes to have many different skills, uh, both in football and now in MMA, because sometimes you get people that come into MMA and they're really uncomfortable with having to learn five, six different levels or different aspects of the MMA. So he's also somebody who's looking forward into it. He's not just talking about, oh, I want to see what this, uh, one fight looks like and so people need to come out to see history in the making of the first ever heavyweight about uh, four two four seven i'm super pumped about that on the amateur side of the card anybody else stand out at you there's tons we go through each person there's a lot there we mentioned edwin he's on the card he's also from the mat factory um he's two and oh facing tj phillips he's one and oh so that's another um undefeated amateur bout matchup which is super exciting but anybody else stand out for you on that card Okay, so there's a couple matchups that I think are well, a lot of matchups I really love, um, but a couple that I want to highlight here. Uh, Darren Williams out of More MMA, I mentioned him earlier. He, 
He's facing Hassan Syed out of Michigan top team. Mm-hmm. This is a fight at 155 pounds. Syed is three and one. His lone loss came at 247 fighting championships against mm-hmm. PJ Mastrangelo. And mm-hmm. he he does not like the fact that he lost in Pittsburgh. He's fighting here again. He wants to show the Pittsburgh crowd what he's really all about. Heavy hands, great, uh, great skill set, well-rounded. Um, and he goes up against Darren Williams, who's 4-1 out of more MMA. He's a tall, he's a really big 55er, and he has hands for days. This guy can throw heavy leather. I think these two are going to be going toe-to-toe. I think it's going to be an awesome fight. Another fight that I think is going to be awesome is also another advanced amateur fight, and it's Sydney Ross and Hannah Summers. Sydney Ross is a young lady. She's uh, very young as well. She's 20 years old. I think Cam's actually 21 now. Yeah, he's definitely 21. Um, Sydney is 20 years old, and she is uh, (laughs) – she has a nickname, the Blonde Demon. She is – a treat to watch. She is aggressive. She's feisty. She's young, well-rounded. She has uh, great striking, great ground game. She is really tough, and she loves fight. Here's the thing about Sydney. If you give her an opponent, you, you even suggest an opponent that she doesn't think is like you know, she thinks it would be a fairly easy win, she, she's uninterested. She wants to. She wants challenging, tough fights every time, and she has it. It's Hannah Summers. She were flying her in from in from Orlando. She trains an American Top Team there, and she is a beast. She's nicknamed the Shark, and it's for a reason. She's coming to get mm-hmm. you, and uh, she has a great stand-up game. She is ferocious on on the feet. She, uh, you know, that's where her strength is. She is, uh, has been working on her previous weakness, which was she was able to get submitted or taken down, and, and uh, that's been what, what, what she's been working on a lot. And she's, she's the same way. She says, I want to be tested. I want to see where I'm at. And guess what? If, if I beat Sidney Ross, I know that I'm now ready to turn pro. So, these two young ladies are bound to be fireworks in the making. And the other fight I want to highlight um, is Adam Oatman, who made his 247 and MMA debut back in July. Or maybe it was mm-hmm. April. Yeah, you know, it was the April card. It was our, our, our Steel Town throwdown on our first card. He's 1-0, and he's fighting Lyndon Hawkins, Adams out of the academy, Lyndon out of Ground Zero, Morgantown. These are two guys that I'm sure, uh, you know, both are very confident of the other, but they're 10 years apart in age. Adam Oatman's a 25-year-old with great aspirations. Lyndon Hawkins is 35, loves to compete, loves to test himself, loves to bang, stand in the pocket and trade heavy leather. These are big boys. A 195-pound catchweight fight. Both are going to have big crowds there. Those crowds, I, I'm telling you what, the Lyndon Hawkins crowd versus the Adam Oatman crowd I think is going to be the most interesting crowd battle. Who gets more fans in the in the stands and in the seats? 
I can't wait to see that fight. I can't wait to see if they're um, – who, who, who takes the, the home crowd? Who gets the home crowd in that fight? That's going to be very interesting. So all of these fights are phenomenal fights, but those ones I, I really wanted to highlight of what we hadn't talked about yet. Absolutely, and I had the privilege of having Sydney, the blonde demon Ross, on the show. Um, she is not only young, she's fiery. She's the daughter of the head coach and owner at Gorilla House, and so she's seen this as she specifically said she wants to fight people from big-name gyms, and I understand that. She's, it's a source of pride for her that Gorilla House can end up having a name recognition as a gym against things like American Top Team. She knew the gym right away. It wasn't just Hannah the Shark Summers because of her record, which is impressive, and you said Hannah's seen this as, am I, am I at the point to go pro? So they're both really aware of who the other person is. But it was interesting on the podcast, um, Sydney went through her opponents, because she said several. She's done a lot for an amateur. Um, and she went through her opponents based on what gym. And I found that to be very exciting because she's seen it as Gorilla House Jim wants to be at the level where they can call out gyms that are really nationally known, big name gyms, which I think also shows not only her ability and Gorilla House and, and where that program is, but also you as the owner of 247 putting on these, these fights are starting to become a place where people want to go to fight to test themselves on whatever the next level is, whether it's going pro, whether it's going advanced amateur, Cam Algar was talking about that, um, or going to the next level, one of the big promotions. What's it like as a owner and as a promoter flying in somebody for an amateur fight? That's pretty much unheard of. I've been around it for a while. I've never heard of promoters. Some amateur promoters don't even want to reimburse gas mileage for somebody out of town. And here you are flying somebody in from Orlando. So what's it like for you to go do that for amateurs? So when, when we tell someone that we are committed to finding a fight for them, we are committed to finding a fight for them. What that means for us is that if we, if we need to, if we're unable to find someone and we keep going and keep trying and, and we just aren't able to find someone to drive in to face them, that we will fly people in to, to, to face you. Now, most of the time, that's not going to be the case, but in this instance, you know, we told Sydney, we're going to do everything we can to find you an opponent, and we did. We put so much time into finding her an opponent. Um, and we, we, just, we were striking out left and right. Everyone that's in her weight class, we tried different weight classes. We tried getting catch weight fights, all of those things. And we were just striking out. And so, um, you know, the next step was to start looking in areas where you could get reasonable flights in and out of Pittsburgh. And so, um, so we started looking, you know, in, in Florida, you know, Chicago, things like that. You know, Chicago is like that tweener city that, you know, if someone really wants a fight, they'll drive for it. But most of the time they're not going to. So Chicago and, you know, Atlanta, places where, you know, flights in and out of Pittsburgh aren't outrageous. Um, they're limited with Pittsburgh, by the way. There's not a ton of cities that you can fly people in for 200 bucks or 250 bucks, but you're flying them and they're cornering. So, 
it's uh it's it's not something that um i want to do regularly by any means but at the same time sydney's been on a card before um she's a 247 veteran she's fought for me under uh, on another promotion as well i have a very good relationship with sydney any chance i get to give her a hard time or harass her i absolutely 100 do and so um so along with that comes a loyalty that um i'm gonna find a fight for her and, and do what it takes so we were able to she was thrilled um and that's just what that's part of that partnership you talked about you know i I'm committed. The guys that are committed to our card, we're committed to them. Um, so I appreciate their loyalty to us. I'm sure that, you know, when people hear that we're flying someone in, that, that matters to them too. And, and so um, I don't, I don't want to fly people in. It's a last resort, but it's a resort we're willing to do, we're willing to take. Another thing that goes along with Sidney Ross is the fact that this is, we're talking high level female MMA. And that's something that I know both you and Jim Mooney really want to develop. If anybody's listening to this, the guys behind 247 Fighting Championship are committed to getting female MMA, both at the amateur and maybe eventually, hopefully at the pro level. Um, what's it like knowing that you want to promote more and more females, given the challenges that that exist with promoting females, just the fact that there's not a lot out there. And then some of them are very reluctant to fight people that have good records or people that are dangerous. What's it like trying to match make and trying to promote female MMA fighters? It, it, it's a challenge. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we have uh, Cheyenne Hall who, uh, who loves fighting for two, four, seven and wanted on this card. And, and, and we fell short <laughs> Um, we weren't able to find someone to take the fight. Um, we, we tried different weight classes. We tried all those things. We hit up so many people and it just, uh, it just didn't happen. Unfortunately, um, I'm going through my, um, messages right now to find the, find the text I wrote to Cheyenne just the other day. It was March 6th, which was what yesterday. And I said, I said, I'm sorry we failed you, Cheyenne. It certainly was not for lack of effort. I, I, I'm truly, truly wanted her on this card. And um, it was very unfortunate that um, we just weren't able to find someone that, that accepted the fight. Um, but we will, uh, we're looking at the May card, or yeah, the May 23rd card in Monroeville for her. And um, we're very confident that we're going to get something together here very soon, hopefully. Um, to be able to match her. But that's – we were also uh, – we, we went down the path of, like, trying to find someone that would fly into fighter too, and, and we, we were just as committed to, to her as well. Women's MMA, uh, honestly, this, this entire card, almost our entire card, came together through looking for fights for Sydney and Cheyenne. So connections we made, people we talked to, coaches we talked to, all like we would we were talking about a specific female fighter, and we ended up talking to that coach, and maybe that fighter didn't take the fight, but then we they were asking about other fights that were available, and and almost all of this card was was built from looking for fights for Cheyenne and Sydney. 
pretty crazy. But it's 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 that is crazy. It it does show it does show your commitment and Jim, your matchmaker's commitment to being dedicated to those women fighters. And it also shows the payoff, the fact that you can build a card around that because so many gyms uh, might only have one or no uh, female fighters. Also, all the shout out to Cheyenne. She is an exciting fighter to watch. I've had her on uh, this podcast. She's exciting. She's fun. Great personality. Very highly educated um, and is a great ambassador for the sport. I mean, she's a pharmacist and is somebody that is super knowledgeable and super educated and super professional and also loves fighting. And I think that's, if you go way back into the UFC, one of the first fighters that got credit as a male champion was Rich the Ace Franklin for being somebody who was a math teacher, who was educated, who could kind of convince people that, hey, there's educated, smart, intelligent professionals in MMA because prior to that, there had been kind of just this idea of brawlers or bar fighters type people. And I, I would think somebody like Chan Hall is somebody that has the know-how and the knowledge and the skills in the cage to back it up, but also is sweet and wonderful and is really a great ambassador for sport, just like uh, Sidney Ross is too, really well-spoken, excited, energetic. And that's the type of people you can build around for um, promoting. And so we wish them the best and any female fighters that are interested to get a hold of Jim Mooney or Ryan, because I know that they would want to continue to build it. And I hope that there's a time where you guys are leading in women MMA, whether it be amateur or pro to really start developing um, the, the upbringing of women in MMA. So it's been great having you on the card, Brian. Yes, go ahead. No, I, I just was going to say we, we have a couple other ladies that are um, looking to get in the mix, so we're excited about that as well. So there's there's going to be no uh, no slowdown to uh, 247 having um, ladies MMA, uh, women's MMA bouts. That's going to be very exciting to see where that goes um, in the future. We're already looking forward to the May 23rd card at your first fight. Um, in Monroe, which is going to be exciting, but obviously on everyone's mind from the beginning of the amateur card all the way through the championship title bout. I'm looking forward to March 14th, Rollenberg three at Princecape Arena. I have a bunch of sponsors that I'd like to give a shout out to, if that's okay. Of course, we have the best sponsors, and I, you know. Honestly, we could not do this without them, and so I, I, I'd love to shout them out. Ken Sinagra has been a sponsor since day one. He's a large part of the financial aspect of why 247 Fighting Championships even exists. He is committed to Pittsburgh MMA. He's committed to um, helping this make this thing grow, and, it, and he works for Northwestern Mutual. If you have a chance, check out Ken Sinagra, Northwestern Mutual. He runs their Cranberry office. Um, he's a great guy. He will help you position for financial success. Price Industries is the premier finishing company in Pittsburgh. If you come to the show, you can come check out Price Industries. They have uh, two tables in the front row, and they are the funnest, loudest tables there are, so come check them out, tables uh, 21 and 22. Um, we also have Legacy Remodeling. They're Pittsburgh's premier remodeler. They're a family-owned business. They've been in 
business since 1987. That matters because when you're in that industry, it's a nasty industry. And when you get, when you get, uh, uh, so remodeling, you're spending a lot of money, and when they say something is covered for a lifetime warranty, you want to make sure that company is going to be around. Legacy remodeling has been around since 1987. Also, um, Sunny Days In-Home Care. They uh, take care of your loved ones, and they give them the, the best possible care and such a great company. They were actually listed as one of the top growing, uh, fastest growing companies in uh, the United States a couple years ago. So very well run. Uh, check out Sunny Days in Home Care. Uh, also, Filming Dom Video Production. They do all of our promo videos. Dom Picari, he is a video genius. We'll have a new video coming out this week. As we prepare for Brawl in the Berg 3, Dom uh, produced that video it's a, and, and directed it as well. And last but not least, we have Cranberry Cryotherapy. Best healing, the best people, Cranberry Cryotherapy. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, that actually goes to our conversation at the beginning when you first got on the show and we took time to kind of walk through your building relationships with the gym, uh, with the gyms in the area and developing them and the fighters and how valuable it is to have connections with the gyms. What has it been like? You mentioned Ken, of course, being from the very, very first, being a big part of how you even had the ability to get into this. What's it been like? Highs and lows, I guess. Uh, maybe not give too many details. What's it been like trying to develop sponsors and what is what have those relationships been like what are those challenges and successes been like as a promoter trying to develop the relationships not just with gyms but also with uh individuals and businesses yeah i mean it's it's uh it's definitely a challenge um you know going going to I mean, essentially these are people that i see hey they see what we're doing they like what we're doing they want to be a part of it and they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. They're, they're saying, Ryan, we love what you're doing. We want our name associated with what you're doing. And uh, they feel good about it. And so they're investing in us. And that's such an honor and a privilege. Because when you take a look at it, this business, if you're relying strictly on ticket sales, it's a tough, tough place to be when you're dependent on ticket sales and ticket sales alone. So having these guys behind us, keeping the lights on and the, and the you know, it, it, it's something we are very appreciative of, of them for. That's not something that anyone has to do. It's something they choose to do, and, and we are very honored that they would do that. We're also offering it. Legacy, Legacy Remodeling is offering a – discount promo when you use the code 247FC. When you call Legacy Remodeling to have them do a project for you, if on that initial call you mention 247FC as a promo code, you will get an additional discount from Legacy. So there's that too. 
Uh, it's, it's super exciting to see you develop those relationships and how committed those sponsors are to helping really the fighters. It's not really about helping you. It's about helping make sure that there's high quality MMA, both at the pro and the amateur level. I can't wait to see what 247 has in store for the end of the, for the rest of 2020 and also into 2021 and years beyond. But first, March 14th, March 14th. We're super excited. Can't wait to be right there cage side for all the action and also in the in the cage. I'll tell you the energy and the excitement of interviewing these fighters right after they win is super pumped. Some of the best conversations have had. You mentioned um Kama doing doing a plug for two four seven. We've heard some call outs. We've heard uh Kama talk about how great two four seven is. We've heard people talk about family stuff, personal stuff. We've heard all types of exciting things. So um, not only come out to watch the fights, but also come out to learn more about the fighters. And I think that you really get that at a local show where you can get to know the fighters both personally, being able to talk to them, and also the engage interview is huge because we give the fighters the opportunity to talk, and you'll see them talk about family and talk about whatever's going on in their life. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Can't wait for this Saturday, March 14th. Thanks so much, Luke.